Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The BFA Dance Program at the Peabody Conservatory of the John Hopkins University prepares students to be at the forefront of dance innovation through performance, choreographic and critical, historical, and theoretical exploration. Studying dance at John Hopkins, one of the world's premier research institutions, gives students the opportunity to make connections between dance, science, technology, and the humanities. Peabody students take courses in modern dance, African expressions, ballet, somatic approaches to movements, choreography, and dance as social justice, perform in a pre-professional student dance company, and collaborate with world-renowned guest artists. From the first year, students have the opportunity to choreograph their own pieces. At Peabody, we welcome a broad range of creative voices and prepare student artists for success in the real world. Submit your application by December 1st. Learn more at peabody.jhu.edu slash dancebfa. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week on Conversations on Dance, we are joined by Mai Lei Ho, the founder of Lei Rhythm Productions, a New York City-based nonprofit dedicated to highlighting freestyle voices in performance art. Miley takes us through her artistic journey of falling in love with house music and dance while growing up in France, the emotional release she discovered in shared dance experiences, her exploration of how musicians and dancers can interact with one another in live performance, and how she has built Leia Rhythm's reputation and performance schedule since its founding. Presented by the Guggenheim Works in Process and the 92nd Street Y, Leia Rhythm will be performing at Give Me Dance Center November 17th, and the Clark Studio Theater in Lincoln Center on December 15th, both at 7.30 p.m. Uh, good morning, and thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we're, we're so happy that we're going to get to talk about your career, and we always want to start at the beginning. And so we'd love to just hear a little bit about how you first became interested in dance and maybe the art generally. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so I started dance. Uh, around eight years old and I think I was just uh, copying Michael Jackson and his, <laughs> his videos <laughs> like so many people uh, my father had offered me for my birthday a VHS tape 
of Michael Jackson videos and I just get completely glued to the screen from that point on. I just kept rewatching and rewatching it and just trying to do it. That's these are my earliest memories of me trying to dance. Yeah. And uh, then when I was 12, I started to learn street dance forms. Um, but on and off because I was moving around a lot at the time. So every new city I would move to, you know, I would have to make friends again and just kind of restart from scratch. And then I would find dance community or dance school or people to learn from. And then I would mm -hmm. join again. Um, and so, yes, at the time that I was 15, I moved to Grenoble, a city called Grenoble in France, which is where I was born and raised. Uh, and there I started to learn locking. Mm. specifically like it's just started to become more specific um and then i moved back to paris uh paris suburbs and and then i started to i'm trying to make it like super short <laughs> and when i was like 17 or 18 i um i saw house I saw House for the first time, House Dance, and I immediately fell in love because I was already in love with the music. Mm -hmm. um, and and then it was like, wait, what? There's a dance that goes along with this amazing music? And it <laughs> looks so like, you know, it, look, it feels so good. You can tell right away. Um, and so that was my crush. And from that point on, I didn't leave. I was yeah. just... Uh, Mm -hmm. just getting further and further and further into the rabbit hole of house and what house is and it led me to here new york and now i've been here for like 13 years mm -hmm. in a nutshell so when you're talking about moving around i'm curious um are you moving around different countries like how did seeing these different places kind of influence what you were learning dance wise and then as you developed as a dancer moving around in france to different okay. cities mm -hmm. um when I was in the city called Nantes, um, the teacher that we found there was my friends was more specializing in like, I would say popping techniques, mm -hmm. like waving. So I remember that was one of the first moves that I learned how to mm -hmm. wave. Um, then when I moved to Grenoble, the teacher um, that was there, Redouane, he was a b-boy and a locker. And so he would show us some floor moves, which I was horrible at blocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when I moved to Paris, <clears throat> um, the first person that I saw doing house was Baba, uh, who was my very first teacher, Baba Babson. Uh, rest in peace. He passed away two years ago, almost two years ago. Um, and yes, he's, his contagious love for the dance and the music um, was what caught my attention at first. And he was very generous in sharing, you know, all that he knew and in sharing even like a lot of music files on, on hard drives. We'd say like, just bring your hard drives and you would just dump a lot of amazing music. And I think that was really influential for me because then I just started to dig deeper on my own and I asked them like, where do I go in Paris, you know, to be around this community or learn more. And they were like, come to the June every Sunday night. The June is a club in Paris. Mm -hmm. And every Sunday night they had this party called dance culture where all the house heads or at least the house dancers in, in the city would like come through and just vibe and, Dance together. It was amazing. I was mind blown. I just like, I sat there for a while, just like 
taking it all in, you know, like observing the energy week after week. And then eventually I started to get up and just move around, and, you know, very like shyly. And then eventually mm -hmm. a friend of mine one day just like pulled me into a cipher. Uh, and it was very, uh, I was very nervous at the time, just like being in the cipher, you know. And, you know, eventually, and then I started to, you know, obviously practice, be more, exchange more with people there, be more in ciphers. Uh, I started to travel to different cities uh, across Europe to be at what we call like street dance battles. Mm -hmm. And they would have maybe a house category, but I was also interested in other categories, such as like, hip-hop, locking, popping, breaking. I loved watching it all, take it all in. Um, and I would meet plenty of, <clears throat> you know, people who were into the same thing. My very first house dance competition that I entered was in Spain. Uh, same friend just signed me up and I was like, I, I guess I got to do it now. <laughs> um, and, and eventually I also felt that while I was learning a lot and learning a lot, there was a something that I was missing and I couldn't really pinpoint what it was. Um, and my friends kept telling or talking about New York, like New York is the birthplace of house. Like you get a, you get a good to the clubs of New York. It's magic. It's special. And they would talk about it, but it would be hard for me to picture or get a sense, get a real sense of what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. So I knew that New York, had to be a stop at some point, you know, I had mm -hmm. to go there. Um, and long story short, again, in during my studies, I took a gap year to, you know, gain some, some work, just like work experience. And I thought that that was going to happen in Vietnam because that's where I had the most connections so mm -hmm. far. I've already worked a little bit in Vietnam. But I also wanted to pass by New York. And so I thought, let me try and see if I can find any work opportunity you know in new york and luckily i was able to find something that was a great fit for me that was four year they covered the visa and, and so on and so forth wow. and so that's how i ended up in new york for wow. a year um just like diving full in into house dance um and house culture and and, and street dance as well in general just meeting the the pioneers meeting the people here you know the new yorker that make the culture like just alive mm -hmm. and that has flipped my world upside down and and then and now i'm here again <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious to hear can you help um explain to us as as dancers that well we've never dabbled in any sort of street dance rebecca and myself so it's kind of like uh i'd love to hear a little bit more about what makes house distinct like why why does house speak to you um i know obviously you say you, you enjoy other forms of street dance but like that is what is really calling to like your artistic soul what is what's special about house dance i think at first i saw in it of freedom um looseness uh human connection and a love for music music um and an emotional release and i didn't have the words at the time or i didn't analyze it in that way it was just a general feeling mm -hmm. that that touched me um and when i got to new york and when i got to the clubs of new york that's when i was like whoa 
like this hit me on a totally different layer now and it was it was that but times 10 and i remember my one i think it was my second night here i went to a party called um 718 sessions and just like the the crowd everybody was dancing people were not dancers per se they weren't mm -hmm. trying to you know showcase skills or anything but everybody was moving all the bodies were moving around it was packed there was some some really beautiful lighting across the room and you could see like arms waving in the air there were some people dancing on the podium just like losing their minds slowly and slowly like as the night went on it was a whole build up like that took hours there was so much like sweating that people just started to roll on the floor and, and just you could see the face like it was so emotional and so cathartic in a way mm -hmm. and that night was was crazy to me and i i remember crying that night just from the mm. like the the input of all the information yeah even thinking about it and brings me back to like emotional places so yeah uh it touched me on a very emotional level <clears throat> and i think you know coming from a french slash vietnamese background i don't think i was um taught much how to process emotions or how to let out um you know things we just hold in on a daily mm. basis we don't even know and so dance allowed like definitely helped me pull pull that thing out of me and just help me release a lot that I was holding in I think looking back you know um is is why I was first drawn to it um and then as i you know as i got to know the culture better here uh i understood better why it looks that way why it feels that way because it's a representation of the people who make it you know and i was mm -hmm. like wow um getting to know history and and social conditions and economic conditions that all of it you know i'm like well no wonder there's a need for release no wonder there's a need for freedom no wonder there's a need for a safe space because it really feels like a, a safe space to to come and be yourself and celebrate yourself and celebrate each other and really like and honor each other sharing the space exchanging it all started to make so much more this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since yeah. one second. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, you're just arrived in New York. When do you start to think about forming your own company? And what is the impetus for that? Um, yeah, tell that us all about it. Like much, much later, I this wasn't even part of my vision, honestly. Yeah. I just wanted to dance. At mm-hmm. the time, I was working uh, in the offices, and I decided after my year here, I was like, okay, my heart is really with dance, so mm-hmm. I'm going to leave this whole path aside, and I'm going to try and, and push you know, my passion for dance. Um, so... I had to restart from scratch in a way, um, which was not an easy road, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, it, um, you know, little by little, I started to build and make connections. Um, eventually, I started to work with Rennie Harris, Rennie Harris Pure Movement, based out of Philly, um, and and then from there on, you know, more and more came through. In 2014. I was lucky to be invited on a tour with a music artist from Detroit called uh, Theo Parrish, whose music I was already a fan of for many years since I'm a teenager. So this was like a big deal to me. And on top of that, he was basically putting a tour together with a live band. And mm-hmm. in his live band, there was like more people that I was a fan of. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, is this real? Like, is this really happening? It's not a dream. So it did happen and we went to Europe for months in the summer of 2014 and that was another like mind shifting experience mm. to me because he's a music artist but he absolutely loves dancers and he wants to portray house culture in its full form aka music and dance mm-hmm. together sure. so to him like dancers are really a, a, a an important part of the that ecosystem and he wanted to showcase that in his in his tour um he said that after a career of like 30 years of djing and producing and playing around the world he's seen crowds change um and he's especially in europe he was saying that um people don't don't socially dance anymore they're just Mm. uh standing and looking up at him while he played right. record, yeah. or on their phone or just they're holding a beer but just not being social not dancing not living the music you know that he's mm-hmm. playing bringing mm-hmm. and so and so he wanted to bring dancers on his tour to i guess exemplify you know like what were you supposed to do to this music right. <laughs> um and you wanted you know free freestyle dancers like just house house dancers um and so we were four to go on that tour and we did prepare a little bit of choreography for certain tracks, but there was this one track that we left untouched. So all of it, all of the dancing we were doing day after day on that specific track, which was called Solitary Flight, mm-hmm. um, was improvised completely. We didn't mm-hmm. have to think about no choreography, no nothing. And this is the track through which we started to just build a really organic connection day mm-hmm. after day. 
And eventually, I remember being like freestyling on stage, looking at the audience in front of me, and I'm starting to hear the drummer following my my footwork. And so, you know, like it something clicks in me, and I'm looking at the at the audience, and I see some people. I see it in their eyes that they understand what's happening right now. And mm -hmm. so, you know, there's a new um, just kind of magic that starts to, to take place between the three of us, the audience, mm. the dancing and the music. And it just, and that built even bigger um, on the last days of the tour, you know? And so that was, um, that was a changing moment to me because I realized, yeah, why, why is it always dancers? following music right. uh, in the context of, of house dance. It has been done reverse way in other cultures, but I didn't envision house dance or street and club dances being the leader of music, rather right. following music. Mm -hmm. And so I had a lingering you know, idea of doing an event with musicians and dancers for years, actually. But I was too shy to act on it. I thought no one would show up. I didn't know any musicians and blah, 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 blah. Just like put it in on the shelf. Mm -hmm. but, but this experience really gave me a lot of confidence that there's something to, to dig deeper here. Like there's mm -hmm. something special about this. And I think we can just continue to search further into that. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I got back to New York, I started to look for places to organize this event. I had a better idea of what I wanted to try. It was a little more specific. And, and then eventually I made the connections. And so in February or March, March 2015, we did the first Layer Rhythm ever at Meridian 23, which was a club midtown, the concert venue slash club midtown Manhattan and people showed up and they had a great time and and say when is the next one and so I started to do a monthly right there mm -hmm. so months after months I invited different street and club dancers because that's really what I want to highlight and celebrate um and and the venue and the MC would help me out with bringing musicians and yeah and then it just started to build from there yeah. Wow. What, what were some of the skills that you had to build outside? Like you have obviously you have this artistic or creative spark. What were some of the things you had to kind of um, figure out that were necessary to facilitate this vision? Like like contacts and um, the business side of things. How did you bring that up to speed? So my contacts were more artistic at mm -hmm. first, definitely. Um, the the business contacts, honestly, have been just slowly, slowly coming through with the years and especially the last few years now that we're a little more on the map and now that I understand the nonprofit world a little better. From 2016 to 2000, to end of 2019, I worked in a nonprofit um, for a program called It's Showtime NYC, which is a program for street and subway hitters. Um, mm -hmm. You, I actually, I recommend you, you give them on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Program, yes. Um, and so that was my first nonprofit experience here in the United States, which is a very different system than in France. Right. Uh, and so there I started to learn how things work and I started to build some contacts. 
Um, but most of it has been through layer rhythm, um, just people showing interest or me reaching out. And I would also add that the organizing side of things, um, I learned a lot of organizing in general, organizing skills in France when I was um, part of this uh, French-Vietnamese cultural organization. I was a part of it since I was like 13 or 14 years old and we were all volunteers and um, involved in so many different activities from organizing summer camps to trips to Vietnam to work with local community on certain projects to organizing a New Year Tet uh, celebration um, with, you know, performances to just hanging out with friends and, you know, like it was a lot of games played as well. Um, and that was actually a uh, influence to me to organize uh, layer rhythm the way that I do because it's very game based. And I think that game mindset, um, I learned with them. We played so many games together and it was a way to bond and mm. to have fun and get to know each other. Uh, but they taught me so many organizing skills. My very first event I organized with them. Uh, it was with um, Vietnamese artists or Vietnamese diasporic artists living mm -hmm. in France. Um, and we organized a party and a performance. So pretty similar, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they gave me the platform to try out, you know, all these ideas and test my skills and, and mentoring me with, with all these organizing skills. So I learned a lot through them, actually, which came out, uh, came, came to be very... Um, what's the word um um just just helpful mm -hmm. handy handy the word yeah, i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, cur yeah. I'm curious like how your um vision of in bringing music and dance together um has continued through your work with your company is that like a through line that you've been able to maintain or how has it evolved um it has evolved because my ear is getting better. I'm not a musician, but being around so much live music, um, I'm, I'm getting to understand music better. Mm -hmm. So this helps me with creative ideas. Mm -hmm. um, I also, I get help, honestly. I get mm -hmm. help from people whose music vision I trust. Um to help me find the right people for the project. And I also, I'm very intentional in looking to work with musicians that, um, that are interested in connecting with dancers, that are, freestyle is at the core of layer mm -hmm. rhythm, freestyle like a improv. So that means that I wanna work with freestyle dancers. I wanna work with freestyle musicians and so, these are in their world more called like jam like session musicians mm -hmm. um so not so much classical reading from right. but just being able to listen with all of our senses you know to the surrounding environment so they are able to respond to other musicians but now I'm adding a layer of difficulty for them to respond to dancers visually as well right uh, which which I think is really challenging for musicians and and not a lot um, like yeah 
it's 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 not that common actually that I feel like we found a really good um, clicking um, you know musician to work with. Right. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it, it was hard at, at the beginning in the early years. It's like ah, mm-hmm. oh, like um, I wonder actually, do they do they understand what, what we do with with that thing? <laughs> <laughs> because there's, there's not connection sometimes. It doesn't right. happen at all. Like there's no listening. Um, so that made me think a lot. I was like, wait, like I thought, I thought people understood better. People in general understood right. better what, what dancers, especially street and club dancers, were doing. And this was educating me basically, like, oh, uh, we gotta find, yeah, a better way to connect and educate, right, and the right to do so. So in my curating, I became very, very specific uh, with the music side of things. Uh, same for MC, you know, like uh, or singers, whoever can connect with their surrounding environment with other people. It takes a lot of empathy. Sure. Uh, it just, it's just, yeah, it's at the end of the day, it's about the humans mm-hmm. behind right. the thing, whatever the thing that. is, instruments or the limbs moving, but or the voice. It's yeah. it's about humans. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to hear a little bit about um, your relationship to the audience and people that are attending these events, um, because it seems like um, interaction is a really important thing. Obviously, in, mo- in a lot of street dances, you're feeding off the energy of the people that are watching. So like in, in something like now, when you're going to do a performance at Lincoln Center, um, does the audience remain seated? How does that affect things? You know, like you still need that energy to maintain the sort of vibrancy of the dancing that you're doing. Right. Yes. I intentionally mm-hmm. wanted to do this event at the club. I'm a club head. I love the environment of the club. I love the organic connection and build up that happens at the club that people have a chance as well to just dance and express themselves throughout the night. So the event, the regular event is at a club or slash music venue. Mm. And we kind of like just sit closer around the band, around the dancers, um, and people can stand up in the back, but it's very informal. Like you just right. can on the floor, you move around. Um, and we, we, it feels very intimate in that sense. Mm-hmm. I want that. Um, it completely changes the moment we're in a theater. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and also in terms of length, uh, because the structure of the night is that we start with a DJ set, then we have a first half of performances, then we have another DJ set. So then people get up and they want to dance at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's live, you know, and then we have another second half of performances and then another DJ set. So it really takes like hours. There's a whole buildup, you know, Mm -hmm. very different vibe at a theater where people are seated um, and there's no, there's no DJ. They don't really have the chance to, to dance, you know? Uh, so I, I like theater. I've been, you know, working in theater a while now. I love that you can bring people into a world with, you know, lighting or just the stage like environment. Um, and I recognize its limitations definitely in terms of like vibe that's, that's right. one of them um but i i still want to bridge these these two things i still want to do layer rhythm in performing art spaces um also for simply a, a maybe an educational standpoint because right. it's not like a lot of people 
are curious about these art forms and will go to the club or will go to the battles and so on and so forth. Sure. So uh-huh. then it's like, all right, uh, welcome to you, uh-huh. you know. Um, and then hopefully from this introduction that you get, now you'll come to the club and now you'll come to the other, you know, activities and events. Uh, and so you can see this in its more natural environment, natural yeah. habitat. So it's more an invitation, um, as well as I think we still have a lot to explore on performing art spaces using street and club dance vocabulary or live music. Um, so I'm excited for everything that is yet to create in, yeah. in this context. Um, Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about how you came to partner up with Works in Process and how you kind of got this idea for what you guys are doing together? Yes, I got introduced to Duke through Tatiana Desardois, who's the choreographer of Fashion Food Dance Company, who I recommend you get on the podcast too. Oh, sure. <laughs> so many good recommendations, so fun. <laughs> yes, uh, so I, I danced with Fashion Food Dance Company and Duke had offered us a bubble residency during um, the COVID pandemic, or lockdown, because we're still in pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he was also at the time putting together um, residency in honor of one of his mentors who passed away, who was a Vietnamese woman who supported, um, amongst other things, Vietnamese artists. And so Tatsana connected me with him because I'm half Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. And then he offered um, me my project, Lee Rhythm, a, a residency at Catskill um, at Bridge Street Theatre. Mm-hmm. And that's how we started to work together. That's and so great. leading up to to the series that we're doing this fall in partnership with 92Y, Layerism was um, performing monthly at 92Y during 2021-2022 season. And now their Butts and Visa Hall is under construction, but they still wanted to present us. So then they partnered with Works and Process to see if we could be presented in other venues in the meantime while they renovate their building mm-hmm. and now we will be back there at 92y uh in january or in february once once their construction is over and that's why the series is called on the move because we're moving mm-hmm. around that's so cool i love that <laughs> and, and how wonderful that they're like that level of loyalty that they're like we you know we can't provide this for you but we want to ensure that you yeah. have this artistic outlet that's so wonderful yeah big time we're i'm, I'm i love taryn thank you taryn uh, 92y and and thank you duke like they've both been very much big supporters of layerism the past yeah. few years they they understand what we're about you know because right. I, I gotta tell you i've been trying to put this project to performing arts center or just on the map since probably 2016 and wow. i got so many no's or just nothing you know no response no nothing mm-hmm. or we don't understand what you do uh, this looks like it's not made for the performing arts stage but right. more, mm-hmm. more informal settings uh you're not a company we only fund companies like just all kinds of reasons why we couldn't be a part of this economy mm. or system, right you know? so i'm really uh thankful for people like taryn duke who understand what this is about and 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 want to bring this on full you know and take the risk because it's risky it's improvisation we don't know what's gonna happen 
<laughs> so well, this, sorry, go ahead, Michael. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to mm-hmm. say, could you tell us, even though we don't know what's going to happen, we do know there will be performances <laughs> at Gibney, November 17th, and at the Clark Studio Theater at Lincoln Center on December 15th. Um, and I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the framework for what audiences might see at um, these performances that are part of On the Move. Yes. So for this series, this full series, what I did is I collaborated with a different street dance company every month. September was Fashion Food Dance Company. October was Sun Kim Dance Theater. November is going to be the Hood Lockers from Philly, specializing in locking. And December is going to be uh, Stasis, which is a sage uh, collective, and they're uh, specializing in flexing. So for this series, I asked um each company if they wanted to present excerpt of their repertory work so that that can be presented and streets and club dance forms can be presented in a choreographic uh, stage right. setting and then after that the dancers of the company perform with layer rhythm band freestyle so that we can see both the choreography and the freestyle oh. being performed um, so that's that's what the series wants, you know. That's that's the format of the series, uh, and I actually really like this format. This was the first time I tried it, so we're gonna keep doing that more in the future. Um, and the idea was to showcase um, different styles. So, um, passion fruit is more hip hop and house dance vocabulary, a little bit of whacking and popping as well. Sun Kim and her dancers, they specialize in popping. Uh, and then again, like I said, Hood Lockers Locking, Sage and Stasis, Flexing. Um, so there's more styles to explore, but these are the styles that we're doing for, for this fall series. And I also wanted to, you know, try to have a mixture of locals, but not only, I definitely wanted to finish the series with a local, you know, uh-huh. so Sage is from Brooklyn. Um, if I'm correct, it's from Brooklyn, and flexing is a style from you know from Brooklyn. So, but have also you know people from other cities or other countries, you know, and and what what yeah. does it bring to the table as well? How does your what you're presenting in your kind of freestyle elements change as you are collaborating with different um, dancers of different art forms? You know, like you're saying, like each of these um, companies is from a different style. So they're bringing a different style. Does that kind of impact what you're doing? Are you like you want to show the contrast of the two styles or do you kind of collaborate and kind of do a little bit of both? I I just want for the audience in especially in performing arts centers that I mean, theater audiences that might not know the difference between mm-hmm. walking right. and popping or the existence of styles like flexing mm-hmm. to get exposed to these styles and know what they're looking at. Like, right. you know, get familiar with it, get like get their eye used to it. Um, and yeah, just I just let them do them. Like they, cool. I know they're all strong freestyle artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I trust their choreographic vision as well i just think they're all amazing amazing artists that i've seen for years so i just want to invite them to the space and to tell them and i'll do you know i'll do you i'll do you (laughs) that's great i think that's a lovely note to end on and i hope that all of our listeners will come out and see this amazing show we can't wait to hear how it is we know it'll be amazing and so thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it. it was great to chat with you 
Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.